Hey Zach, I just wanted to tell you that that you shouldn't quit. Thanks, man. Quit what? Hello, everyone. I'm thankful that that you're here with us today. Um, thankful that you tuned into this bearing up podcast. Uh, um, I'm Joshua Hester, and I am co-hosting this season um, with Zach, who is uh, the manliest of men. Whoa. And one of, <laughs> no one, one has of, ever said that about me. One, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Zach had had this idea for this podcast a long time ago, and he decided that he wanted to encourage young ministers and I'm thankful that he did yep. uh, so today we're going to talk about reasons why ministers quit uh, this is going to be a two-part uh, a two-part podcast and today we're going to mention some some reasons why ministers could have could have quit during COVID um, we're going to mention some other ones as well why ministers quit um, yeah I think that um, when we say when we talk about ministers and we're talking about paid ministers, you know, you know that's their career, that's their job. Um, but just because we're talking about that doesn't necessarily mean that if you're not a, you know, minister by profession, that this episode isn't for you. Uh, because I think that there's a lot of things that we can talk about in regards to each one of the things we prepared today. Uh, that have some connection to the life of, of any particular Christian. Um, you know, I like to emphasize that we're all ministers in Christ. And so, um, you know, there's certainly some things that, that cause us to give up um, in our pursuits to be of service uh, in the church and, and for God's kingdom. So uh, don't think that this episode isn't for you. Uh, it, it most definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So my wife currently works at Heritage Christian University in Florence, Alabama, and they have a statistic. I was talking to one of the the people, one of the men that works in statistics there. Um, he he does, yes, yeah. He <laughs> he does a lot of things with numbers. He does a lot of things with the Heritage alumni and working with churches and. I really don't know what his job is, but I know he's he's really good at math and he's he does a lot of numbers. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't he know said if I'm that right, but... statistician. I think Stati- so. Statistician. Yeah. I don't know. Statistician. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, he said, um, of all of the graduates from Heritage Christian University that went into ministry, he said, of all of those that were doing ministry pre-COVID, 40% of those people are not in ministry now. Really? Yeah, 40%. 40%. 40% have dropped out. That's nearly one in every two. Yeah, that's almost half. Yeah. Um, Which there is a, a stat that I read earlier that out of all evangelical churches, 50%. 50% of people that start, um, let's say, 
go to ministry school or seminary or something like that. Um, of all people that start in ministry, 50% will not retire from ministry. As in 50% will not continue in ministry for their whole lives. Yeah. So, which is a, which is a, a crazy, mm-hmm. a crazy stat. Yeah. Oh yeah. I believe it. I mean, and, and you know, I, I, I don't want us to think though, necessarily like, yes, we're going to encourage you. If you're a minister listening, we're going to encourage you not to quit. Right. Yes. We're, we're going to encourage you. Don't quit. Don't do not give up no matter how hard it gets. Uh, we're going to encourage you not to quit. We also understand that, you know, there are sometimes some circumstances beyond our control. You know, I, I think about Logan, who was on, you know, he hosted the, the first three seasons of this show with me. And uh, he was just kind of, because of family, he wasn't able to move anywhere else. And uh, because of his situation, there just wasn't opportunities for him to have a paid role in the city where he was and, and couldn't. You know, because of their circumstances, he couldn't leave and go move somewhere else and, and get another job. So, it, you know, sometimes it is beyond your control. Um, but we want to encourage you not to quit if it's within your, your realm of control. Like, if if this is a matter of whether or not you think that you should, uh, we think that you shouldn't. <laughs> and uh, so I just feel like that's kind of important to, to acknowledge here, too. Because I know that there's there's probably a small number of those in that fifty percent that they really can't help the situation that they're in. But you know, I feel like probably the majority it, it comes down to their decision. You know, I I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and so that's what we're kind of talking about, right? Yeah. 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 So we're focusing and, on them. Um, and I understand that um, there might be instances where, like you said, there even though it is within our our choices, um, mm-hmm. we have been, or ministers, paid ministers, have been pushed to the point or have, have reached a spot in their own lives, whether it be with their families or spiritually, to where... Um, Yes, they have a choice, but there are moments where I understand that the best choice is to not be in paid ministry mm-hmm. um, for whatever for whatever reasons. Um, Nevertheless, so, we're going to tell you not to quit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And here's the thing. We're not going to be able to cover every single flavor of oh, reasons. Yeah, yeah we got know? two episodes to do, but we're still not going to be able to... You know, we're not going to get it in just two parts. <laughs> yeah, because in each situation, there are yeah, totally different, totally different things. So oh, these yeah. are kind of hitting the high points, I guess, or hitting um, general. Things. For me, I mean, me, I mean, this is this is two paid ministers' opinions on why why so. So this might be coming from us as well. Uh, I definitely some of these are coming from me as if, if I were going to quit, these might be some of the reasons why. So, um, don't quit. Yeah, but don't quit. <laughs> um, 
And initially, I want to talk about the fact that, like I said, the the heritage statistic, 40% have dropped out essentially since the start of COVID or when yeah. when COVID hit. So that's like, so, yeah, a catalyst for a lot of it. Yeah. There have been a lot of paid ministers and even, you know, like, you know, if you're a deacon serving in a role, I know of a lot of deacons that have stepped down um, within the past year because of different reasons and reasons um, that in my mind pertain to COVID. So this is, this is all types of ministers. Um, so for me, talking about, talk about myself, um, I graduated from Fareed Hardman in 2019, May of 2019. And then the spring of 2020 is when, you know, the moon fell and the world fell apart and all that stuff. And for me, um, you know, I had an idea of what ministry looked like. Um, my, my role is associate minister, which means I do youth ministry and college ministry and senior citizen ministry and all the ministries. <laughs> and I had in my mind what that looked like. And I remember in January, I had these big, long spreadsheets of long-term ministries that I was planning on doing. And I had made like year-long schedules, you know, a schedule for senior citizens, you know, when we would go do stuff and for, <clears throat> for the teenagers, and then the church schedule. And I just kind of had it all in my mind, you know, to be in ministry for six months, I felt like I had it figured out pretty well, or at least the best that I could have, um, in six months time. And then that all kind of changed and <laughs> I had to all those spreadsheets and all those things that I had worked on. I had to put it in the drawer, you know, throw in the trash and, <clears throat> and I remember there were moments where, you know, I wanted to be around people. And I couldn't necessarily be around, around people. Mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of people, a lot of ministers, especially, um, and for me, like I, I didn't have the opportunity to preach every Sunday. So my ministry was events and it was people and it was all yeah. of that stuff. So there was no avenue or there weren't as many avenues that I could minister. Um, right. So this and, leads us into number one, right? Yeah. Um, number one, uh, ministers might quit because they feel like they can minister more if they weren't, if they actually weren't paid ministers. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a feeling that I, that I specifically had, um, you know, as a representative of the church with COVID, you know, we felt like if we had events and people got sick, you know, that wouldn't be good. You know, if I planned something and, you know, half the congregation got COVID and people, people died, there could be negative impacts of that. Yeah. So for instance, I mean, I didn't really have people over at my house because of that. I didn't do a lot of things that I felt like 
if if I wasn't a paid minister, you know, I could have had people over my house. I could have spent more time planning events um, and doing things. But because I was a representative of the of the congregation, and you know, there was a lot of fear of what if we do something and there's negative negative consequences. Um, there were times where I feel like I could administer more, could have ministered more if I wasn't, if I wasn't a paid minister, if I had a secular job and just chose to do ministry yeah. in my spare time. So, so you're saying you kind of like, you feel like you would have less accountability to the elders if, if yeah. you didn't, like it wasn't your job. Right. Yeah. I mean, I get that in a sense, but you know, they're, they're still the shepherds over, over everybody else too. Of course they wouldn't say that you're doing anything unscriptural if you're just somebody that's having people over their house, you know, and you know, but like if you're, if you're the minister and you know, they're kind of like, well, this is the direction that we're going to go, you know, with the leadership. Mm then it is kind of, you're in a hard place because it's like, well, I don't want to not listen to my elders, but, you know, I do want to do this. And so, yeah, I guess if you're not in that paid position, it's like, well, I could still not listen to my elders. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like that would probably still not be a good thing, even if you're not being paid. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I can see that there's that, there's a, there's there's definitely tension and there was a battle um, that a lot of people had. Um, you know, sometimes I, I think about this in a different way. Um, you know, people in the secular field, they're around people that they can evangelize to. Uh, when you're a minister, it's hard to meet people that are in the world. Unless you go to the grocery store or the coffee shop, you know, mm -hmm. like, because you're, you're at the church building or you're in church people's homes or you're visiting church people in the hospital. It's like, you know, I could do so much more if I worked in a secular field and worked with people who are lost, you know, I could be an impact on them every day, you know, and, uh, you know, so I could definitely see a pull in that direction too, in that way. I could do more, you know, if I wasn't you know, in this role, I could, I could reach more people or I could, you know, shine my light in a different way if, if I worked in the secular work. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think about, um, like I said, a lot of this is, is based off of my experience and even experiences of people that I've, that I've talked to. Um, unfortunately, you know, when, when COVID was happening, I'm 25 years old, so I'm less worried or even concerned um, as opposed to someone who who is elderly, who is more at risk mm -hmm. of, of becoming sick and it being more serious. And it's interesting, you know, the name of the title of elder, you know, it, it means old, okay? So, <clears throat> so, um, I can definitely see where a younger person like myself was way more ready to get back, you know, doing events 
and doing things yeah. because I was less concerned or less worried as opposed as opposed to some people who are older and more at risk and uh, more at risk of, of, of getting sick and it being more being more serious. And I saw a lot of struggle between younger ministers, fresh ministers, and working along either an eldership or a group of men that were older mm-hmm. because yeah. of their own personal views on like like their level of worry with COVID personally. Yeah. The the first church that I worked with outside of uh outside of when I graduated college was an excellent church. I loved them incredibly, but I offered a a evangelism opportunity and I put a bunch of like work into it and was like, you know, this would be a great thing that we could do. Uh, and it was in a tourist town and it was for a tourist week. And they said, well, that's not really a good idea uh, because you're not really reaching people around here. You're, re- you're, you're talking to people that are going to go off and, you know, they're not going to be around here. So it's not really going to be helpful for the church here. And it like kind of, it like, it it hit me in such a way that I was like, hmm, well, I'm just not going to play any more evangelism things. And that was, that was a very <laughs> immature thing that I did, you know, and I took it personally, but I was fresh out of school. And like, I, I was like, you know, I just, you know, I, I came up with this idea and thought it was a great idea. And then I was turned down and I hadn't really experienced being turned down on ideas very much. So I was like, oh. I don't know how to handle this. This is kind of, this kind of sucks. <laughs> and, but it can have that effect, especially like you said on on young ministers. They come out of school and or they're you know fresh and new, and they're like, I want to get involved. I want to do, and I want to do. And and then you had COVID happen, and you have the elders or the leadership say, we got to put things on hold, and there's not you can't do this stuff that you want to do. And it's not time, and we have to wait. And we have to consider you know, everybody else. And, you know, and I could see how that frustration may make it feel like, and, and sometimes I think because there's a lapse in communication, the, the young minister may say, well, they must not really care. And now they have something against the elders and they've got Mm -hmm. something against the church or the leadership and it makes them want to quit. It makes them just want to say, well, this is how it's going to be, you know. I'm just going to not waste my time. Yep. yep. Um, now, looking back on the situation, I mean, I see elderships all over the world just trying, they're just trying to keep the ship from sinking. Exactly. Um, you know, they're just trying to hold on. And, you know, as young ministers, Young ministers are not in the mindset of, of holding on. They're in the mindset of moving forward. And yeah, let's grow, let's grow, let's grow, let's grow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like that. <laughs> yeah. So um, for young ministers, I think that was a very difficult or frustrating thing to, you know, to come along with. Um, and, you know, especially, like I said, for instance, I was out of school for seven months and had prepared and worked and was doing lots of things. And all of a sudden it was like, (laughs) yeah, no more. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think, um, 
I think as ministers, we battle, the way I put it is, we battle on the hills, or we battle on big things, as in, um, if, if I'm a youth minister, and I decide, hey, it would be, it would be really good for our kids to go to Bible camp during the week, or, or during the summer for a week. You know, I have to, to battle in, you know, presenting that to the eldership and presenting it in a way that hopefully they would say yes. I would have to present that to the deacons over the youth. I would have to present that to the parents and then to the kids, hoping that they would like to go. Um, and that's a big thing to prepare for. And like I said, that would be a hill that you battle on because you because you would say, hey, I think this event or this thing would be really good to do. And you battle on the hills and you rest in the valleys. And during COVID, um, I think a lot of ministers experience that you're battling on the hills, but also in the valleys over little things that 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 you shouldn't be having to, to battle for. Mm-hmm. You were. And I think... Um, a lot of ministers were frustrated. Like I said, it seemed like everything, everything was a battle. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that's a re that's possibly a reason why some ministers have quit in the past two years, two years, two and a half years. Um, also with COVID going on to our second, second topic, um, is the extra job responsibilities that came along when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you no longer was just preaching a sermon. It was, okay, let's get the, let's get the Facebook live and the YouTube live. <laughs> we all became televangelists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every one of us did. Yeah. Uh, technology became very important <laughs> overnight. Um, was there a big, was there a big uh, transition for you into that or were you already oh, yeah. I, I mean like I've, I've done stuff with video before and, and all of that but like I mean it was just it was just a big and and it still is not perfect like I have to use my laptop we don't have any we don't have a great system or anything like that you know I did it with my phone and people were people were saying well the audio is not good on it you know I was having problems with that you know and you know, and, and I, and I do it all. I set it all up, you know, and, uh, if I'm not there, it just doesn't get streamed. You know, if I'm out for some reason sick or, you know, if I take time off or something like that, I, I uh, it just doesn't get streamed because, and that, and that was the thing, you know, at the very beginning, uh, we did, um, parking lot worship mm-hmm. and it was hot. <laughs> Um, but I, I stood outside and I did the song leading and the prayers and the leading the Lord's supper. And you know, I did every bit of it, um, to start out with, cause we didn't know how big this thing was or how transmissible or anything. We didn't know anything about the virus. Mm-hmm. So like it was, everybody stayed in their cars and, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I stood out there and, and did that. And it was just like, wow, there's a whole lot that goes into this. You know, there's a whole lot of extra stuff that you have to do now. Uh, and, 
Yeah, you could you could very easily get burned out with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and um, like I said, it's it's each person has their own experience. I was talking to a friend of mine um, when COVID first hit, and he said, "Well, thankfully, six months ago, we started live streaming anyways because we thought it was important." So, oh, yeah. so they didn't. He didn't have to, you know, to jump that hurdle all at once. Um, you know, they they did that before. But like here, um, we didn't live stream for a long time. We would record. We would record on Thursday, the whole worship service, and then on Sunday, when, um, and then Sunday when we met in person, the recording would go out to everyone at home. So, <clears throat> so instead of live streaming, we we did the worship twice. Yeah, yeah, I remember you doing that. I was like. Man, that's that's a lot of extra you got to do. Yeah, and you had to, you I, you had to like get your lessons like done by Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday, and then we recorded. Yeah, Thursday morning. So you have half a week to do all the preparation that usually you'd have a week to do. That is, yeah, and um, I mean like, and that's with both. I mean, Rodney, the pulpit guy here, you know, he would have to have his Sunday morning and Sunday night done i mean on wednesday and mm-hmm. um and you weren't able to start on re- next week's because you had to preach them again on sunday you know yeah so yeah it um and then trying to i think we were a, a week ahead for our member right we would so like if you had the devotional on wednesday night mm-hmm. you would you would you would do that, and then I remember Wednesday or Thursday morning, I would come in the office early and do the devotional for the next week. Um, it was a crazy schedule, and yeah. there were a lot of people that had crazy schedules because none of us knew what we were doing and mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with all this. We didn't know what was best. We didn't know what better options were. Yeah. And, um, and something, too, like you didn't just have to make calls to the, the shut-in. You had to make calls to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, like you're you're doubling up on that. You're, I mean, there was. There was just a lot of a lot of things that were put on uh, ministers and, and elders and, you know, church leadership. There was a, there was a lot that was put on them. Um, and I could see how that could be very frustrating to, to a lot of people, you know. It, in in some ways, it, it was encouraging to some. You know, I think at first it was to me because I was like, we're still doing stuff. We're still, you know, we're still, you know, trying to do our best. And, you know, there was a lot of wake up about, you know, what worship is and, you know, the things that we can do. And, and uh, but at the same time, you know, I could see how, all of these come in and at once and nobody knows what they're doing and nobody knows how to handle it, you know, it, it could cause a lot of problems with, with some folks. And, uh, yeah, it, it, the simplicity of the schedule is flipped on its head and now you're having to adapt and it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I remember, um, Zoom Bible classes, like we yeah, did that. We did that. Too. Did that for a long time, 
and and those were always interesting um, because you have several people you know talking in class and because they're on zoom they're not hearing the other person I remember one time I, I asked a question and four people answered at the same time uh, and continued answering because they weren't listening they were just talking uh, that it, it was pretty funny because in a class you know, you're sitting in class, you know, two people speak up at once and there's this moment of like, oh, you go, you talk <laughs> over Zoom. You don't have that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think about the fact that, uh, you know, you said y'all did parking lot worship yeah. Yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. So did y'all set up speakers and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, that was all stuff that I, I had, that I, I, I had to, I, brought my own speakers and set up the audio and and did all of that and you know it was a it was a process each week you know, i had to get out of the table to put lord's supper stuff on and you know fortunately we had old songbooks because we got new songbooks recently like within the past couple mm-hmm. years and um so we gave our old songbooks so you can you pick one and leave it in your car and don't bring it back up you know you you keep mm-hmm. it you know kind of thing so that was kind of nice but yeah it was a process you know the whole the whole deal yeah i remember when we started going back sunday morning and sunday night we would have a, a crew come in in the afternoons and would clean the building um every sunday afternoon you know because oh, yeah. we didn't know you know, you didn't know how, you know, if, if COVID was still in the pews and you didn't want, you know, yeah. people getting it from each other. Um, <clears throat> and I think um, something that we wouldn't even say is job responsibility. I mean, it is a job responsibility, but the thought of ministering to people, you minister to people through getting to know them through sharing life, sharing, you know, sharing life with them. Um, and you know, there was just so much extra that you had to do to be able to be close to someone, to be able to actually minister to someone, um, to actually show them, you know, who Jesus is. Um, there were moments where it felt like you were running on a treadmill as opposed to running down the road, you know, running and getting somewhere. Um, so I could see how, um, that could be hard on a minister. A friend of mine, (coughs) just like, you know, you said that you had to do most of the worship stuff. You know, he would, he would get to, the church building early and he would set up the live stream for class and he would record class. And then after class, he would go back upstairs to the crow's nest and turn that live stream off and turn on the one for worship. And then he would go and, and do all the worship stuff. That way he was, he was the only person up at the podium. Um, and then afterwards he would upload those to the, to the different Facebooks and YouTubes and yeah, it became very difficult and and kind of even going beyond covid some you know like 
sometimes, you know, there's unreasonable expectations and maybe they seem unreasonable. Maybe they're perfectly reasonable. You just have a lazy minister. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, the, the job responsibilities sometimes can just get to be a lot. And, uh, you know, so there are some that, that quit because of that. That's true. Uh, I would, you know, I would say, you know, if, if this was a problem that you struggled with, it would, it would just need to be something that you should talk about with your church leadership, you know, with your elders and say, you know, this is where I am as far as what, you know, I feel like I'm called to do, you know, I'm called to be involved in the, these sorts of ministries, but I feel like it's unreasonable for me to head up worship evangelism youth ministry visitation you know like to be the leader and like the designated overseer of all the things like you know there's got to be you know and and on top of all that i've got to figure out the live stream and do that and i've got to figure out you know all the other stuff and so if if that's a problem that you have don't quit (laughs) you know Talk to your leadership, you know, talk to the men or the elders where you are and, and just say, you know, well, let's talk about these expectations some, and, uh, maybe we can try to delegate and give others opportunity to serve. You know, I'm looking forward to the rest of this episode, but before we do, let's take a quick break. Thanks everyone for watching or listening today. We ask that you'll please, uh, like, uh, share, one of the best things you can do is comment. Just say, Joshua, you look pretty today. And and uh, <laughs> no, if you comment, though, it, it helps with the algorithms. It helps people to see uh, our content more. So we're on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. If you want to watch the show, uh, you can also listen on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, we also ask that you'll check out the Ministry League app, the Ministry League Network. We're partnered with them. And you can also listen to the podcast there along with other podcasts um, that are uh, done by members of the church. And so we ask that you'll check that out for all kinds of Christian resources. Um, And please consider checking up the Bearing Up Shop. Uh, I am wearing today uh, our pro-life t-shirt from our Rep Your Convictions product line. Uh, And so... If you are interested in that, not everything says bearing up on it. Uh, you know, some things do, uh, but go ahead and check that out. And, uh, you know, you can represent your convictions, represent your uh, convictions in, in Christ and in your faith. Uh, so that's a great thing that you can do. And everything that is put into that goes into uh, spreading the message about bearing up and helping our podcast to grow. Uh, so we appreciate your support with that again and your support just with listening tuning in today uh, and and joining us for this conversation so let's get back to it so um, we were talking about right before the break about expectations and um, communication we talked a little bit about communication with leadership with expectations and that talks about goes into number three very well if someone was brand new to ministry, they could wonder, was ministry always going to be this way? Hmm. Um, you know, is this, is this how it's supposed to be? Is this, 
is this what the rest of my life is going to look like? Um, I mean, I know I asked myself those questions several times. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and a lot of young ministers did not have the foundation of knowing what ministry looked like in a normal in a normal circumstance or in a normal world. And I know normal is relative, like normal now is different than it was four years yeah. ago. Oh, and it's it's strange with the, you know, not strange, but it's different with the autonomy of the churches. You know, like each church can have its own culture, you know, its own, uh, you know, way of doing things. So, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just think about how when COVID hit, something something I didn't realize is that I knew that everyone was struggling, but I felt like as a new minister, I was really struggling. I was, I was really struggling. Like, yeah. you know, I don't even know what it looks. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what it ministry looks like just in general. And yeah. now here we are, here we all are trying to figure out what ministry looks like now. Um, yeah. So we were all in this boat of, we have no idea what we're doing, but we're, we're doing something. <laughs> no, like nobody had an idea what they're doing, but somebody fresh in ministry really didn't know what they Yes. <laughs> and you know, for yeah. me, it was kind of like, I was, I was working part-time, you know, before COVID, but I went full-time as a minister here of, at like the end of May, 2020. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like, it was like, all right. You know, and I had taken a break from full-time ministry for almost two years. And, uh, you know, so I had done part-time stuff. But it was like, all right, this is the full-time, this is the big deal. And, you know, how do I do this <laughs> with <laughs> with the way that things are, you know? And that question is important, you know, is, is this how things is this just how it's going to be now? You know, we're we going to deal with, you know, the attitudes and, you know, the, the precautions and you know, all the other stuff that come from, from all of this. So, this is a challenging time to become a minister. I know it was, I mean, for me, for you, for, for everybody, a lot, yeah, a lot. <laughs> the whole world, actually, it was a challenge, but <clears throat> I remember, I remember at the end of 2020, we had hit the mark or I'd hit the mark where <clears throat> I had spent more time in, in more time in full-time ministry with all this COVID, COVID crazy than without. And that's when I really asked the question of, is this like, is this it? Is this, is this what it's supposed to be? <laughs> is this, is this how it's supposed to be for the rest of rest of ministry? Because I experienced more of this than the other. Um, and I'm sure that there were a lot of people that, <clears throat> that asked those same questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just trying to figure out how to do life and ministry and, and everything. Uh, on this topic, you know, I've, I've tried to kind of put my two cents on how we can expand all these ideas beyond just COVID because COVID, COVID, was the big thing that I, I feel like 
has made people question, like, is this how things are going to be from now on? Are we going to be socially distancing from now on? Are we going to be, you know, doing the disposable communion cups from now on? Are we going to, I mean, there's all those little things. Um, but I think sometimes when we're young in ministry, one of the things too, because ministers were quitting before COVID, you know, in rapid numbers. Um, you know, it, those statistics with, with the COVID stuff, you know, that's, that's crazy, but they were, you know, they were quitting before too. Um, and, and one of the things is like, they wonder if things will always be this way when they jump in and they make mistakes and they jump in and it's not what they expected and they jump into it and maybe they don't, uh, you know, they, they, they feel like there's some things that are challenging to them that they didn't realize were, were going to be so challenging. Um, and, and there's a lot of growth that takes years in order to be an effective minister. You're not going to be, a, I'm just going to say this out front. You're not going to be an effective minister when you first get started. Mm-hmm. You think that you are, you went to school for it, you know, maybe, uh, maybe that's your, where you went and, you know, you did something like that and you feel like, well, I'm prepped and I'm ready and you jump into it. And it's like, I'm getting ridiculed a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm facing some challenge. I never thought I would. And it's like, is this just how it's going to be forever? You know, am I, am I going to, you know, feel this way? Am I going to not, um, you know, is it just going to be this hard? Is ministry just going to be this hard forever? Uh, and so I would, you know, regardless of how, you know, if you're thinking along these lines, you know, don't quit because things do get better and we learn and we grow and we start to, I I guess the way that I like to put it, you still got a tender heart, but you develop a thick skin. Uh, And that's, that's a good thing. That's a necessary thing uh, in ministry, but you start out, everybody starts out with, with nice, smooth, unscarred baby skin that is so thin Somebody says something to you and you're like, you're questioning whether or not you should do it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so get that thick skin and keep trying. Keep Have that tender heart and, and press on. Yeah, it might be bad at the moment, but you don't necessarily need to give up. Mm-hmm. But and go I ahead. Think, we, we, no, okay. no, I was just, I was just saying, I think... Um, someone told me one time the most annoying person is someone that's that's fresh out of college because they've gone home they've slept for a month and then they're not now they're going to change the world and everyone else is like okay sit down be quiet (laughs) you know you've got some learning to do And, and i think people get into ministry because i mean people People are Christians because they love God. And in their Christian walk, they want to share God with other people. They want to bring other people to Jesus. So for someone who is a paid minister, who has given their life to to do that, um, you know, you get into ministry hoping that you can change, that you can share Jesus with people and, through you, Jesus can change lives of people. Um, 
so you you get into ministry and all that it doesn't change as fast as what you would think or mm-hmm. um <clears throat> it's a lot slower going than what you think <laughs> and like you said right out of school you're not you're not really an effective minister um because you haven't grown into into what um effective ministry looks like and you don't really know what effective ministry looks like so um but that leads us to number four yeah not feeling adequate or not feeling like you're being an effective minister um have you ever felt like that at any point in your ministry i would say let me just say that we've we've got a list of reasons and there's one in this episode and one in the next episode that I feel like hit closer to home with me. And, and this is the one in this episode, uh, you know, that, you know, sometimes, um, it's very easy to be hard on oneself. You know, you have this idea that you want, you want to save the world. You want to grow the church and, and, you know, things aren't happening as rapidly as you want them to, or you get up and you speak and you say, well, that wasn't very good. Or you have an event or something like that, and it just flops. And you know there are, there are things like that that happen, and it's just like, you know, am I really cut out for this? And and that can weigh incredibly heavy uh, on those involved in ministry. Am I am I really cut out for this? Am I, you know, and and it may be that, you know, you don't. You know, you're not you're not worshiping in a church that's full of Barnabases that help you with your your self image and help you with your you know your motivation to keep going. And uh, you know, I have a I have a, a few uh, that are that are pretty good encouragers, very good encouragers to me uh, in Moultrie. Do I wish I had more? Of course I do. I mean, who who doesn't <laughs> wish to have more encouragers? But you know. Um, but if you don't have that and you don't have any voice telling you that I appreciate you and what you're doing, it's very easy to be so critical on oneself to say, I'm not doing anything very well at all. And I'm not being effective. I'm not, I'm not doing anything of, of very much worth. And, uh, you know, it's, you get up and you speak and, and you like, you poured your heart out and somebody says, nice tie. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is, that is such a severe blow. <laughs> like, that's not what I want you to tell me, you know, uh, you know, it is, it's, it's something that can, uh, it can weigh heavy on you and, and you wonder like, maybe, maybe my talent should be used elsewhere. You know, maybe I should do something else. Um, so that's that's kind of my feelings on it yeah um for me i've always noticed that the and i know i shouldn't be this way but it seems like one negative comment in my mind bears as much weight as five positive comments in my mind oh yeah yep because the negative just sticks out so much yeah. And <clears throat> I think we mentioned this on a podcast before Logan and I, we talked about it. It was talking about our relationships with other people. And I think there was some research that said that one negative interaction with somebody takes 
10 positive mm. interactions with them in order for you to like forget about the, the thing that happened before or or not forget but like I don't know it, it it's over and it's like it didn't happen you know um, but I think that that can be the same for, for ministry like what you're saying and um, you know being a young minister making a lot of mistakes yeah. you do you do get some uh, I would say a lot of them are well-deserved negative comments but for me, they've been well deserved. Well, well, yeah, and it depends. You know, sometimes there is a loving way to offer positive criticism, <laughs> and there's also like, I had a lady one time, like this is my first first job again, and uh, I disagreed with her, and she was kind of she was kind of a crazy lady. I'm not gonna say who it is, uh, but she had had a problem you know, with the leadership before in the past. Uh, but she shouted at me and she said, you call yourself a minister. And I was trying to do something right. I was trying to, I was sticking up for a little kid that she was kind of being mean towards. <laughs> and it was like, that hit me hard because like, that's, that's what you want to be. You want to be the minister. You want to be, you know, you want to do things right by people. And, uh, you know, those negative things, those negative things that can happen, they can stick with you in such a way that it's like, oh man, am I, am I really cut out for this, you know? Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the people minister, the, what's cool about ministry is that Christians have all different things. personalities. <laughs> There's a lot of cool things about it. <clears throat> We should do an episode on that, like the blessings of ministry. Yes. <laughs> yes, agreed. Um, but the cool thing is that we all have different personalities. And, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there are some people that are very con confident in their ministry and very confident in, you know, the fact that they feel like they do a good job of ministry. Um, I know a that's lot not of me. ministers like that, too. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit too much. Sometimes saying yeah. like, "Look how great I am." Yeah, you can take it too far and say, you know, I am God's blessing you know, to the church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's not me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, and and for me, there's always that little voice in my head, and I, it's probably Satan saying, you know, you're not good enough. Someone else. Someone else would be better for the job. Someone else could be more effective. Um, so, and I think about, <clears throat> you know, we want to, it's hard to gauge effectiveness in ministry. Um, you know, there, there could be a sermon that you preach that no one ever says anything to you, but that could be a major force and them turning their lives around or turning their lives to God. But you would never know that. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And, and I think on that point, we have to realize at, in, at some level that when we get up and we preach the word of God and it is, you know, we have stuck to the scriptures and we have, done so with diligent study and preparation and we've poured our heart out 
it doesn't matter what anybody says because we came to do what we came to do. Um, and I count that as a win. <laughs> I count that as a success. Um, because you know, you know, people like, you know, in the scriptures, they didn't, they didn't get recognition or encouragement every time, you know, like I think about Paul and Corinth, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're saying like, are you really an apostle? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they see the works of Paul and see the ministry and the healings and the preaching and they, they come around, they're like, are you really, are you really who you say you are? Are you really apostle? I mean, like on a personal level, I can't imagine yeah. what Paul would have would have thought when when somebody would have if they said that, you know. But like, did that stop him? I mean, it just made him push harder on him. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm. You know, we're we're gonna go to heaven together, whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep trying. Yeah. We're gonna keep working, and uh, so. Anyway. Yeah, I think of um I think of Noah a lot. I think about imagine spending dozens of years preaching mm-hmm. and or preaching and telling people and not one person <clears throat> not one stranger that you meet, not one person that you talk to outside of your family comes to God. Um, yeah. And, you know, and what's interesting is that in, in today's time, you know, if a, if a preacher was at a congregation and that happened, we would say that that, unfortunately, we would say that that preacher was unsuccessful mm-hmm. or, yep. or maybe, maybe he didn't do a great job. <clears throat> um, yep. but I, I think about Noah and that his family got on the boat, the mm-hmm. people that that he was directly responsible for, they were brought to God. Um, so uh, I think being being Americans and being people that are like, you know, living in a capital world and thinking about numbers all the time and thinking about growth as in numbers and all of those things, we seek success differently than probably it was intended. Um which then goes back to not feeling adequate and not feeling, not feeling effective as ministers. Yeah. Um, which is why, which is why some ministers might quit. So, which is the point of this, of this podcast is don't quit. Don't give up. Um, so here, here at the end, I wanted to talk about quickly talk about these four things again. And how um, the application process, some application for us, some encouraging words about about these four things that we talked about. Um, thinking about the fact that you know, I feel like maybe I can minister more if I wasn't a paid minister. Maybe if I worked, you know, a secular job and was around other people all day. Um, you know, if I wasn't limited in certain ways. The good thing about ministry now um, is that, and that it's it's changing and it's it's evolving, and there are always new ways to minister to people. Um, yeah. Uh, we were talking about during during COVID, 
there was a congregation, a small congregation in Texas that started watching our live streams and watched our live streams for 10 months or something like that. You know, a congregation of, I think, between 30 and 40 people. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that congregation started writing like the preacher letters and me letters and I don't know. It was really, it was really awesome and a really, it was a really cool thing um, that happened. And even though there are moments where we feel like we could minister more if we weren't paid ministers, um, being supported by our congregation allows us to have all of our time given towards the advancement of the gospel. Yep. You know, I don't think there's I, anything better than that. Yeah, personally. Yep. From the time I wake up because to the we, time I go we, to sleep. We might say, you know, and I will say this, we might say, well, if I was doing a secular job, you know, I'll, I'll be more evangelistic, you know. But then you do the secular job, and you find out that's much harder than than you thought. Because it's not like I'm just meeting people for the first time, meeting strangers. and I mean, these are people you're going to work with. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you start in your mind, start saying, like, well, maybe I won't mention something because, you know, I have to work next to this person. And, uh, you know, and, and so, like... You, it, the secular job just becomes a secular job, and it doesn't it doesn't result in you being more effective in ministry in in, a, in another way. You know, you set a good example, but you don't speak about about, about Jesus, and and so it's like, you know, might as well just stay in ministry and and dedicate all your time. <laughs> That's it. You know, <coughs> yeah, so That's it. Um, <clears throat> thinking about all the job responsibilities that come that come along with ministry and how that has changed, you know, in the recent past. Um, like I think about the live stream. We have a, a family here. They've been coming here for six or eight months, and they come from a denominational background, and they were church hopping, but they were church hopping online. They were watching. They were watching live streams, yeah. And from watching watching the service online, they said, you know, the churches of Christ seem to line with seem to align with the Bible as much as we can read. And then they started coming here and started meeting us. And now, now that whole family, they're all Christians. Um, that's awesome. So, I mean, that's something that never. It might not have happened, you know, without COVID and live stream and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So I think about all the blessings that come with all of these new, these new inconveniences or new things that we have to, that we have to do. Um, and you touched on it a little bit before about expectations and sharing the load. And I think that a lot of it has to do with that, realizing that, one man cannot do it all, nor should he do it all. Um, it's the definitely a team effort. Put that on themselves, you know. Which is um, that's true. They know. had 
was it Acts? <clears throat> I'm trying to think about, you know, how can we forsake the the preaching the gospel to serve tables? What was that? John Acts Acts four was that what? Acts four. Acts six. Six. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. What I was thinking four. Um, number three, you know, the third thing we talked about of, uh, you know, if you were brand new to ministry, asking the question, is this what ministry is going to look like forever? Well, personally for myself, I found that it's not going to be like that forever. Um, we're actually meeting in person now. We're actually doing events now. Um, the congregation here had its first fellowship meal this past Sunday in Almost two years. Yeah, we're resuming ours too. We had a we had started doing it, but then there was a bad uptick here, and then we stopped again. So mm-hmm. we're we're starting back now, though. So, which is which is which is very nice. Um, oh yeah, very for me nice. personally. Yeah. Oh yeah, for somebody that likes to eat. No. <laughs> yeah. For somebody uh, that enjoys the fellowship of other Christians. Yeah. No. That's a that's a wonderful thing. And then our last one, <clears throat> feeling inadequate or not feeling effective. Um, thankfully, the Bible is filled with inadequate people. Very uh, people. If you look back at their stories, you say, uh, "Are you sure God would use a person like that? Are you sure God would use that <laughs> individual?" <The answer> is <laughs> <always> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I think about. <clears throat> would God um, use I think a about, prostitute? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has. He's he's done it. <laughs> yes. More than once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have David, who's a murderer and an adulterer, and yeah. you've got you've got Jacob, who uh, steals from his brother and lies to his father, and he becomes the father. He becomes Israel. He becomes the father of the people of God. Um, you know, you've got I Moses. Love the, I love the meaning of Israel, by the way. Wrestles yeah. with God. Yeah. So, because, I, I mean, that kind of reveals, like, who is God using? People that wrestle with him. <laughs> People that, you know, didn't have everything together and didn't always do anything right. And, you know, very much right. Had a lot of yeah. weaknesses. And God used them. And it was through Israel that, you know, Jesus came. That's true. <clears throat> I'm not thinking. So God can use you no matter what. If you let him. So He might use you in in a negative way. You might. Like Pharaoh. You could be Pharaoh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a Pharaoh, be a Moses. Don't be a Pharaoh, be a Moses. Yes. You can complain, but like God take you anyway. Yeah. Or even <laughs> I, mean, I think of I think of someone as big as Moses, and I think of his sister Miriam. You know, without Miriam, there would be no Moses. Yeah. Um, and then she, do you remember she tried to revolt against Moses? And yes. God plagued her. You got leprosy. Yeah. Yeah. For seven days, she had to yeah. go out of the camp. But at the same time, like he needed her. You know. And Moses needed her. Yep. And with no, <clears throat> without Barnabas, there'd be no Paul. Yeah, there. Yeah, God uses us in. <clears throat> I, I'm sure Barnabas, when he took Paul under his wing, he never thought 
you know what? This guy that I'm putting under my wing, he's going to write <laughs> the majority you know, of the New half Testament. of the New Testament or whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> he's going to write more so, scripture than anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Barnabas is like, I'm not even going to have a book, you know, in the Bible. So, <clears throat> yeah. Unless he wrote Hebrews. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <coughs> the world will never know. Yeah, we will one day, I think. That's true. We'll ask God. It's gonna be my first question. Not, not, not. Why do you love me? Just... Yeah, I don't know if that'd be my first question. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. coughs> I don't know. At anyway. that point, when I'm in, when I'm in God's presence, I don't even know if I care. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> So now that I'm here, there's something that's really been bugging me. <laughs> Who wrote Hebrews? Uh, where did Cain's wife come from? Come on, man. Or anyone, <clears throat> any, any of their wives. Where do they come from? Oh, uh, the, their sister, I guess. I don't know. Where Seth's uh, wives come from? That's a good question. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> as as a young minister, um, you know, it, it's, I think about the, the Jenkins Institute and how they, how they encourage ministers <clears throat> and they, they say, don't quit. Um, don't you know, quit on Jeff a and Dale, what? Don't quit on a Monday. Don't quit on a Monday the or a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Think about Jeff and Dale and how they've been doing a ministry a long time and, what it means for them to say, don't quit. Um, you and I have not been doing ministry like a long time. Um, yeah. You've been doing ministry longer than I have. So for all of those young ministers out there like ourselves, I will say don't quit. Yeah. I, and you know, to. I would say that one of the most pivotal little books that I've I ever read by the Jenkins Institute and it's very very little and I think I did it as a recommendation when we when we used to do recommendations on this show but it's good it's by the Jenkins Institute I think it's what's the name of it uh I can't remember if it was I think it's Dale Jenkins that wrote it so if you'll search Dale Dale Jenkins it's called the minister's heart and it's just a tiny little thing and each page has like a sentence on it that's it that's it right there I've got that too. It's right up there, but it's, it's such a great little book and, uh, it's been a while since I've read it, but the end, usually it makes me cry at the end because mm-hmm. I remember what I'm doing and why I'm doing this. And, and I think that that's probably something else that we can kind of take away from this. Don't, don't lose the heart behind why you started doing this in the first place. You know, it's very easy to, um, lose that zeal that we had at first. Um, but hold on to that, restore that. Remember, you know, I got into ministry for this reason. <clears throat> you know, I got into ministry because I wanted to lead people to Jesus. I got into ministry because I wanted to give my career to God. I wanted to give all to God. You know, I, I, I got into ministry because... Uh, of of such and such. Now, if 
if you got into ministry for the money, you can you can just <laughs> repent of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but seriously though, like don't don't forget why you you know why you jumped in in the first place. Uh, don't forget why you do what you do, because those reasons, those those legitimate scriptural, you know, God based, God centered reasons for doing what you're doing. Uh, I mean, those things can sustain you, uh, because God sustains you, and there's never a good reason to to give up on any of those things. Well, I appreciate you, Zach, and um, I appreciate this topic, and I I think it is a very important thing to talk about um, because I know I know Satan is the adversary of all Christians, but he is he is especially the adversary of those that that minister, those that try to further God's kingdom. So, yeah. Well, we certainly uh, appreciate you tuning in. This is a little bit longer episode than than the uh, last several that we've done. Uh, so we appreciate you if you've made it this far. And we're going to close here with a prayer. And stick around, please, for the Servant Spotlight. So I enjoyed our conversation today, Joshua. Let's pray. Always. God, we thank you so much for this day, this time that we've had to have this discussion. And I pray, dear Lord, that... Ministers everywhere are reinvigorated and reminded not to give up, uh, but to keep pressing on and keep fighting that fight of, of ministry and, and persevering in faith to, uh, to keep going. Uh, because the, the, the world needs men who will stand, stand up for you, that will make their, their lives, their careers about you. Uh, the world needs uh, people that they can look to to be leaders, uh, to be guides, to be uh, individuals who who labor over uh, your word, uh, so that um, so that uh, good study is done uh, for other people, uh, so that the deeper things uh, of the scriptures can be understood in ways that challenge faith and and help us all to grow. Uh, we thank you so much for Christ and his example for us and, and his dedication and zeal and help us to replicate that in our own ministries, whether we are uh, the paid minister or not. Help us to to reflect the, the work ethic and the devotion of Jesus in the way that we live. Uh, we thank you so much for his sacrifice for us and all the blessings that are available in him. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, the service spotlight this week goes to Scott Jeffrey. He is one of our elders here, and I love all of our elders. I think they're all doing a great job. Uh, but he has stepped up to do uh, a Bible class on Wednesday nights to kind of give me a break, but also because he really wanted to do it. You know, he just he uh, mentioned to me at the end of the year last year, "Hey, I've I've been studying this, and I would really like to teach it for a class for the adults and." I said, yeah, let's let's plan on it. So um, uh, he is doing that, and he has he's done a great job um, to begin with, and uh, so I I appreciate him for doing that, and he's put heart into this. He's 
he's put in a lot of effort and a lot of work. Um, so I appreciate him specifically, um, but I, I do really appreciate the elders here in Moultrie. So the the servant spotlight goes to Scott Jeffrey uh, today, but maybe as a, a, a little bit of an extension of that, the the elders here in Moultrie there. Uh, they're they're good and they're they're fresh and new you know they're you know they haven't been elders for very long uh a couple years now so um it's uh it's new for them actually it's not even been a couple years it's been since i it's been almost a year i think Mm. so but they uh they're doing a good job and uh so there's your servant spotlight today uh, we thank you again for tuning in with us, and please be sure to check us out next week. Um, we we try to do these things weekly, uh, so be sure to subscribe and, and share and follow us so that you'll be able to, to see uh, the next episode as well. So, thanks again. Everybody have a great week.